Before we start today's show, I want to invite you to join my community of SaaS founders, agency owners, and others who are sharing tips, tricks, strategies, and tactics for creating successful cold outreach campaigns. It's a free group on Facebook called Cold Outreach Mastery, and you can get there by heading over to morgandwilliams.com slash community. And if Facebook isn't your thing, but you still want valuable cold outreach advice, head on over to morgandwilliams.com slash newsletter and put in your best email to get first in line for valuable resources that I share on how you can fill your calendar with sales meetings and your pipeline with opportunities. Now, let's start today's show. Welcome to the B2B Sales Tech Podcast. This is the place where you'll find real conversations with real sales leaders about how you can leverage sales technology to get ahead of the pack. Improve your sales numbers by taking advantage of emerging technology before your competitors get there first. They'll share everything from the trends they're seeing in the marketplace to actionable strategies that you can use to make more sales today. So, if you're ready for a value-packed interview, Listen on. Here's your host, Morgan Williams. Welcome to the B2B Sales Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Morgan Williams, and today I have the pleasure of interviewing Deepak Shukla, founder and CEO of Pearl Lemon, an award-winning SEO agency agency based in the UK. Deepak grows companies with results-driven search engine optimization. Pearl Lemon outranks bigger, better funded competitors of their clients. By managing a distributed team of SEO nerds at Pearl Lemon, Deepak is able to draw upon the best talent globally. Personally, Deepak is a TEDx speaker, has appeared in Inc. Huffington Post and the BBC, has his own weekly webinar on SEM Rush, and has personally run over 30 marathons. Deepak, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. How are you doing today? I'm all good. I'm good. I'm good. Given the present circumstances with what's happening in the world today. I'm good and really, really pleased to be here and excited to talk about how SEO and B2B sales even make sense to somebody who's thinking, what? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so glad to have you on. Um, we could do a whole show just on your background, but can you walk us through your background and how it's led to what you're doing now? Yeah, that. great question. Um, so I'm 33, at least at the time of recording. I, through my 20s, if I'm being honest, spent a lot of time, I guess, traveling, being abroad. I hesitate to use the word digital nomad because my intention wasn't specifically to run a company whilst I was being remote. It was more about just enjoying life, if I'm being honest. So the thing that got me through, though, through my 20s was I was always like half decent at marketing. I could generally, and you know, I worked as a kind of careers coach, helping people with job applications and resumes. I ran a tutoring agency remotely as well. And I'd sometimes often just work as a solo digital marketing freelancer, if you will. So that was what saw me through my 20s. Turned 30, was living in Amsterdam, had a bit of a breakdown, if you will, was thinking, why the hell are you in Amsterdam, dude? You've got an amazing family back in London. You've got people that care about you and love you. Go home. So I guess I had my moment where I felt it was time to change things. Came back to the UK, came back to London, went back to my mum's place. That was three and a half years ago and thought, well, what's my skill set? Okay, I'm good at marketing. Let's run with that. And around a year into that journey, so 2017, I think, when it came to Pearl, Pearl Lemon, we were per traffic then. But I basically pivoted when I stumbled 
upon the world of SEO via a client who wanted lead generation, but it turned out that actually what he really meant by lead generation was SEO. And when he said to me, Deepak, I understand that SEO takes time. We'll give it six months. I'd never really encountered a contract before that time where someone came to me and told me that they wanted to give it six months. They accepted that the results would take time. And I thought, damn, this is a great business model. So mm-hmm. at that point, I took it upon myself. And I already had a working knowledge of SEO because I've been in marketing for long enough to have a fair sense of it. But it was that point in 2017, around June, I pivoted. At that time, 80% of my revenue was non-SEO related. A year later, 80% of it was SEO related. And of course, we'd grown by then. So I did a huge pivot over the course of 12 months. Wow. And what was the other 20%? The other 20% was related to the fact I was at my mom's place and I just wanted to scrap if I'm being honest. So everything was focused upon generating business and trying to close the business. And because I had, I guess what you'd consider a generalist skill set, You know, I knew the fundamentals of building a landing page using a landing page builder. I knew the fundamentals of running simple enough Facebook ad. I came from, I presume, a copywriting background because I graduated as an English literature student. I spent some time with Penguin, the publisher, and I just spent a lot of time writing. So I always thought that, well, writing is something that I could do well enough. You mix together these kind of amorphous skill sets and you're able to simply, you know, offer people jobs based upon the various skills that you've got. So it was a a weird combination of those types of things. And then, yeah, I got this client and I kind of just dived deep into the world of two things. I repositioned my brand. So I immediately went on, for example, to LinkedIn, which is why just off there, you notice that some of the things are out of date. Like if you look back at my history, if anyone wants to go on LinkedIn, they might see like SEO director, SEO executive. They were like 10% of my roles that I had historically. But the way that I positioned it was it was 100% of my role. And that came from being a careers coach and being a career consultant and understanding that everything is about positioning. So as soon as I understood that SEO was where I wanted to go because I thought it was a relatively stable business model, I just made a giant pivot, first in terms of positioning, then in terms of outreach, and then in terms of skill set. So that was kind of the approach I take. I repositioned my brand. I then started to reflect that in my outreach and then I would learn through the sales pitches I had in combination with spending a lot of time doing my own independent research about search engine optimization in general so that was kind of the journey and the other 20% to come back to your question just a random bunch of marketing stuff dude Mm -hmm. gotcha the the other different marketing disciplines yeah so the other one I guess that ironically still is a part of the business now was one of the things I was quite, I guess, okay at was lead generation, generating leads. So email outreach, writing copy that would generate perhaps an email response. So a bigger proportion of it, probably, I guess you'd call it was copywriting or, Mm -hmm. but, but kind of conversion copywriting, if you want, with a focus upon cold outreach. Gotcha. So you found SEO 2017 and, and basically working with this client who was, yeah. Who knew it was going to take time. George Ustianis, go international. He's the guy. Yeah. I'm happy for people <laughs> to look it up. Like, yeah, it's no problem. Yeah. <laughs> With SEO, it can be, and I've had this aversion to it before as a just yeah. discipline too, is that it does take time. You know, it, it takes months, right? And yeah. for what did you learn during those six months? What kept you interested in it, even though there is that big yeah. time frame that yeah. you have to cross? I think a couple of the biggest things. 
and how this relates to B2B sales is a lot of the emphasis is about the hustle and the hustle is good. The hustle is, is brilliant with B2B sales, but it's also about understanding the kind of lifestyle that you want attached to the hustle. Mm-hmm. So for me, the hustle was about building a stable cash flow without too many contact points from my client. And the nature of SEO was such that people expect an update max maybe once a week. And I like that. I thought, well, if I can sign on Morgan to my company, Pearl Lemon for SEO services, Morgan recognizes that SEO is a process that takes time. So when he comes in with that mindset, he's not going to give a, de- he's not going to ask me for a daily check-in. He's not even going to ask me for a three-day check-in. He's going to expect maybe a report once a week. And there might be a little bit of conversation here and there, but it does allow me, Deepak Shukler as, you know, the founder of Pearl Lemon, a lot of time to focus on whatever I choose to focus on outside of it. The contact time with clients really actually was attractive to me. So that kept me going because of the model. And then the other element of it was what I consider to be perhaps the stickiness. The stickiness was that, you know, you come in and there's a three month wait before you expect any results. So that was great because it meant there was no immediate pressure on me being able to, I don't know, generate a lead for you tomorrow. And then you may be kind of binning it, you know, two days later. And that I think was really, really insightful for me. And what tended to happen more, more or less was that it have to be a somewhat stable business that goes and invests in SEO. Yeah. You don't invest in SEO as your first point of business because if you're, if you're B2B, SEO is not your first thing. You come to it later down your funnel or later down your timeline. So the businesses that I began to do business with are a little bit more mature than the kind of business in a bedroom outfit whereby they were giving me, you know, a thousand bucks of their total 2000 bucks that they had, which came with a lot, a lot of pressure and wasn't necessarily a client who would demonstrate any longevity. So for all of those reasons, I just found it quite attractive from the business model perspective. And I thought, okay, let me stick with this and, and try and grow. And, and, and along the way, I fell in love with the actual process of it because you learn more, you do more, you get an okay result, then you get a better result, you get good feedback, and it kind of continued in a loop. Gotcha. And that's so true because I've noticed like there's a lot of companies that are interested in lead gen because they don't really have a lead problem. They have a sales problem, right? And if you have someone who's looking for SEO, who is willing to invest in SEO, they don't have a sales problem. They know they can, they're a good company. They know they can bring in sales. So they're willing to invest in those long-term growth. While you mentioned like business in a bedroom, maybe something who just like wants to do outbound quickly. They want to bring in some sales quick, which is fine. But a lot of times there's underlying issues. Yeah. You can generate all the leads for someone in the world via outbound, but if they can't close them, if the product's not good, like it doesn't matter, right? It it doesn't help them at all. Yeah, exactly. Have you noticed that the best customers are ones who immediately understand that, hey, this is going to take six months. Maybe they need some persuading or the ones who, you know, are like, I don't understand this. Why? Why is this not like, who who are the best customers you've Absolutely. As we began to increase our prices, the quality of the customer and the success of the customer wow. actually went up. Wow. So when we doubled our pricing, we went from like, I don't know, a thousand bucks to two and a half thousand bucks to four thousand bucks. The success of the business owner and how much they left us to it actually were directly correlated, which was really interesting to see because it's not that my service got four times, 400% better 
from 1,000 to 4,000. Obviously, it did improve, but what happened was the business owner would almost be a different person, different understanding of business, different understanding of growth, gave us time to you know, be successful, um, generally executed upon the things or the requests that we made. Sometimes they didn't. But uh, definitely, I think that when I look at the people that we had a lot more success with, it's people that weren't bootstrapping as such. And that accounted a lot to kind of where their business was at. And as you said, and, and I say this, there's big businesses also that believe they have a lead problem, but it's actually a different problem that they have yeah. that they've got an issue of being able to close a deal or they've got an issue of a high churn rate or they've got like different issues that mean they're constantly kind of chasing business and they get into this kind of unhealthy cycle of continually. Well, there's nothing unhealthy with chasing business, but chasing business because you've got too much churn as opposed to chasing business for growth for the sake of growth. So I think that, you know, these are the things that began to stick out to me when I was looking across our roster of clients and who were the good guys versus who were the guys that were more troublesome, definitely the more mature businesses that paid us more. They just were also more successful businesses and we tended to be more successful with them. Gotcha. Yeah. It makes total sense. And SEO is a big topic, right? Yeah. So the first thing I want to ask is at a super high level, when you just think of SEO, what are the most important things that come to mind when, when executing a campaign or think about getting started with SEO? Yeah, sure. So if we just pretend it's morganwilliams.com and you come to me and say, Deepak, you know, I want to get more B2B sales folk that come to my website to download my podcast and maybe there's a program or whatever it'll be. So let's just pretend that that's the remit. I would definitely say a couple of things. I'd say, so out of the gate, Morgan, you need to think of your actual website like an Apple store. But this time it's the only Apple store that sells your unique product. That's what you believe at least. But from your prospects perspective, there's a hundred Apple stores that are all selling B2B sales or are all selling my podcast about B2B sales. So the first thing is that we need to position yourself appropriately. And what I mean by that in respect of SEO is I mean the calls to action above the fold. I mean their initial experience of pulling up your website and it loads within three seconds. So page speed is a really big thing. A clear call to action above the fold is really a big thing because 33% of users, something like that, don't scroll. So they tend to just look at what's above the fold and they decide either to stay or to leave. And then also, depending upon how quickly the page loads, you know, if a page loads more than three seconds, you begin to see a drop off, especially because people might go onto your website whilst they're on the metro, whilst they're walking into a shopping mall, whilst they're on their way to, you know, a bar. And then they it doesn't load and they kind of forget about it. So page speed is a big thing. The above the fold experience is a big thing. And then just making it clear to Google what your focus keywords are. So if you're going to be focused about B2B sales, you know, having podcasts like this is amazing because I'll say, great, Morgan, you're producing extremely relevant content and you're producing regular content because I know that, you know, I saw a good friend of mine, Jacob, who interviewed you and that made me realize that you're not only appearing on other podcasts, you're also actively doing your own podcast. So I know that you're doing both actual, a form of link building because Jacob will link back to you, but also you're producing regular content. So content is a and unique content, not kind of BS content is a really big thing. And then the final thing I'd say is a little bit like the offline world is that when you, you know, have something that's a remarkable product, 
people will tend to want to talk about it or people will want to tend to say, you know what, you should hit up my friend Morgan. He's got some really, really interesting things to say about B2B sales. And Google takes that same actual journey, but using links, the fundamentals are the same, meaning that if you produce remarkable content and then you share that remarkable content with Forbes or Inc or or, or any related sales website and you begin to generate links for your site, that's how Google will ascertain that Morgan Williams has an Apple store that's unique to all of the other Apple stores in the marketplace. Therefore, we're going to make in the category of sales, Morgan's Apple store, a flagship Apple store. And the equivalent of that on Google would be ranking, you know, page fucking one for B2B sales podcasts, you know, 2020. Gotcha. I love that. What things you mentioned were so foundational, fundamental, right? To just not even being successful with SEO, but just being successful even in an offline business, right? So the big things I pulled out of that are brand, right? Making sure that you are unique, making sure there's a reason why people should select you for their time, money, what have you, over all other people who are basically being in a category of your own, right? Number two, user experience. Make sure that when people start to engage your brand, come to your website, that it's easy for them to take action, right? Being above the fold, making sure that your page loads faster, clarity, making it clear to Google that who you are as a brand, who you are as a person, whatever your business or personal brand is, is clear. Uh, It's not tough to discern like who you are, what you're talking about. It's clear. Then having regular content that's deep and valuable, not just like fluffy, you know, 500 word posts about nothing. And then being remarkable, being good, having a product or a brand that's good. People want to come back to you because people will recommend and it'll grow and, you know. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, if if people want to think about an immediately good example, Drift, the chat bot are an amazing example of creating a, a category of their own in a space that is extremely saturated and they got number one, therefore, their brand right, because they don't call themselves a chatbot like Intercom. So Intercom are the market incumbent when it comes to actual chatbots that you see on a site. But Drift have been extremely successful because they position themselves as being, you know, we're not a chatbot. It's about conversational marketing. And then I went to one of their events that they held in London, and it was like being at a media event. It wasn't an event that was, you know, they had a beatboxer who came on who was, their opening kind of, you know, master of ceremonies. Then they had like flashing lights and dancers and it was positioned as a, you know, high powered ultimately network event for people that almost think different and everything is geared around them creating a new category, being on and developing remarkable product and therefore getting people talking about them. And you apply those same fundamentals to your website. And I think people experience a bit of a disconnect there because you do that online with your site. You can then be the business in the bedroom and punch massively above your weight. And that was actually my next question. That's perfect. What if you are someone who it's a small team or you're an individual, yeah. you, you believe in personal brand, you know, it's the future, but you're not sure where to start and you're yeah. not sure how to, you have a, your time may be limited or, you know, you're just one person. How do you do that? How do you, where do you start? It's a good question. It's a good question. So, I guess I'll just talk about what we did. So Pearl Lemon, for anybody who's listening, like I work from home. I have almost my entire team who work from home. Our core 
SEO team are in India. So we had to struggle with the problem of perception. But I'm an Indian guy with an Indian team selling SEO. And mm. the negative perception that surrounds getting cold emailed or pitched by outsourced low quality providers from India is something that's quite common to a lot of digital marketing industries, but especially sure. SEO, especially because sure. it's, you know, an unregulated market, low barrier to entry. So what do you need to do then? If you are, you know, let's call you Joe, if you're listening, Joe, you're the business in a bedroom guy and you're saying, Deepa, that's all very well, but you know what? I've got $50 to my name. I live with my mom, but I still want to make win corporate clients. How do I do it? So there's a couple of practical things. Number one, you can position yourself as a bit bigger than you are. You can definitely do that. You can, put up your website, you can get a virtual office address, you can get a VoIP number, so you can get, you know, central New York or downtown LA phone number, as well as a virtual office for like $200 a year. You can, if you ever, for example, had a friend, let's say your friend's name is Melanie, who helps you with writing a piece of content for an email, she's technically done work with you, so you could just put her up on your company team page if you want to, then begin to think about your partners and anyone who helps you out. Put all of those people up. Look on Fiverr or get a friend who's good on video to record a couple of videos for your company website. So all of a sudden, you've got your downtown New York actual office address. You've got your New York downtown phone number. You've got six people on your company page. And suddenly, you begin to look like you're a bit of a bigger company than you are. You then extend that out to getting a designer designers there's so many of them out there who are basically university students that are looking for work experience that you can pay a nickel relatively speaking but they'll value the nickel because they just need to build their portfolio so they're looking to pick up some gigs you can get them to design all of your pitch decks and your corporate slide decks and all of a sudden within a 30-day cycle joe you have positioned yourself as being very very different from a bedroom business and you can do all of that for less than $300. Love that. So you're just, you're using your resources as efficiently as possible to make a solid brand. You're doing that upfront investment in your brand yeah. and just doing it strategically using the tools we all have available to us now, right? Like you mentioned. Absolutely. The key point here is that none of this is about dishonesty. You know, the assumption here is that you can deliver at the same level as someone who is in an office with right. a conference, you know, with a conference room. I'm making that assumption, Joe, if you're, if that, is not quite there yet, then fine, work on that. Absolutely work on that. But I don't want people's perception of you to defeat or to impact your ability to win a big client because they are like, Joe, like, who is this guy? And again, everything, the first step, I think, is it like, especially in SEO, right? I can't remember if it was Jordan Belfort, the straight line theory or something that I was reading, but I didn't realize that this was something that we kind of were solving to a degree of Pearl Lemon. The problem we've got in SEO is that there's nothing that's proprietary about it. What's your kind of, you know, these sales funnel guys call it the unique mechanism. Someone else will say that, you know, what's your USP, especially when Deepak, you're selling the same stuff that all of the other SEO guys sell. You're selling backlink, building backlinks, and you're selling like optimizing my page. So how do I clearly distinguish or differentiate yourself? And I think that, my understanding, and this is what was important to us, that there were three things that were key, which was, you know, trust the company. So if Joe sets up, if Joe wants to sell as a consultant, there'll be some companies that won't touch him because some companies will want to work with companies. They don't want to work with consultants. 
So Joe might set up Dragon Marketing as an example, or Dragon Communications, and that could be Joe's corporate side. Then the second element of it is trust the product. So Joe has to package his product effectively so that Morgan, when he goes to say, look, I'm not quite sure if SEO is good for me, but you know what, Joe, I checked out Dragon Marketing. You guys seem legit. I saw there's six people on your company page. I had a look up on LinkedIn. You guys have got six employees there. The company was registered last year. And the final thing is trust the person. And that's the personal brand. Who's Joe, actually? I just looked up you, Joe. And to be honest with you, you look like you've got a fresh LinkedIn profile. I don't see any content about you online. I don't really know who you are. And a lot of people suffer in the SEO space because these are probably standard things in the sales world, but they're not in SEO. They're really, really not. And those three things for a lot of agencies, I think, are out of alignment. And they were the things that I kind of recognized early on from talking to people such as yourself and going on my own sales journey to understand, well, how can I position things? What do I need to produce? And that's been really, really helpful as I've grown the agency. Yeah. And with your brand specifically, I mean, I feel like one thing you have that's also different that you didn't mention is humor and just likability with your brand, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. you got the pillow with your face <laughs> on it behind you. you know what I mean, but people come when they go, people who've been to SEO company websites before, if you think about an SEO company in your head, I'm like, okay, I already can see a few things that's probably on there. It's probably a little more technical. It's yeah. probably like, you know, a little cold, more just about yeah. straight links and traffic. Yeah. and da, da, da. But when you go to your website, you see smiling faces, you see your team, you see, you know, you're a big selling point of your company, right? And you have yeah. this personal brand that drives it too, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that it's definitely about if, you, if there's anyone within your company who's got a bit of flavor, a bit of spark, a bit of bounce. I mean, it's a differentiator in today's day and age. And, you know, I, I do think that the people that are making buying decisions, I mean, I've been fortunate, I guess, to a limited degree that I am my own customer in that the people that are making de- buying decisions, they're probably about 30. I mean, they're probably between like 27 to 35 the guys that are the marketing directors of the bigger companies. And, and that's how it's played out when we've signed some of our corporate contracts. It's always been someone who's basically my age is like, yeah, Deepak, you know, this is what's up. The company are a little bit more maybe old fashioned, but like I, I get what you're doing and stuff. Right. So I think that, as you said, that that's really important. It's like, you know what, if you've got someone who's really likable, just, just put them across your site and put them. And I guess that's also got to translate when you build kind of the sales team. But certainly, yeah, from the branding perspective, you're quite right. I thought I enjoy being on video. Let me put video all over my bloody website. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And you said trust the company, the person, the product. That is from Straight Line, Jordan. I Bell think Ford. so. Yeah, yeah. I remember it. Was it, the, was it Jordan? Yeah. The tens, the tens, right? That you got to score a perfect 10 on you, your company, and your products that they yeah. have to. Really great sales training. Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. And I want to spend some time, you talked a lot about just kind of overall what people need to do to be successful in SEO. And a lot of it's, you know, what to do to create a successful company, right? And yeah. creating a successful company is just going to, when you have something valuable, it's going to naturally attract people, right? The more yeah. you put that yeah. value out, the more you're going to get back. Yeah. I think that's tough for people to grasp that because it's like, you can't push a button and do it. You can't, it's not a simple three-step thing. It's just about building a a good company, but you know, the best companies have the most inbound traffic, you know, they just naturally attract the most inbound traffic. So I love what you're saying there. Yeah. I think that, you know, for a lot of people that are probably listening, outreach is the bread and butter. Don't get me wrong. That was 
critical to the first six months of Pearl Lemon, probably longer. You know, we still, we, I still do outreach because outreach is definitely more consistent than because you can control it. You can control it. As we were discussing off air, because of what's happening with the coronavirus, the inbound lead flow has dropped and that impacts our sales figures mm-hmm. immediately. With all of that being said, our quality of conversion when we compare inbound to outbound is night and day. Yeah. That's a big, a big differentiator. So whilst we still, I think, get maybe three, maybe three leads from SEO and then maybe two leads a week from my personal brand, there'll still be from those five leads, at least two quality conversations. And that's eight a month, which means that we only need to close one or two deals a month. And if we're selling out at $3,000 with a minimum contract of, three months where they're likely still to rebook potentially it's still a nine thousand dollar contract value if we you know you still sell even one of them a month or two of the month isn't you know you're adding an additional nine to eighteen thousand dollars a month so it is worth waiting for mm-hmm. it is worth waiting for because you know a lot of people i think don't want to put the work in of course because it's easier to do out in the short term i think it is long term i think pairing great salespeople with good quality outbound leads for me, is a really great way to build a sustainable business over the long term. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's probably something that's also worth considering that, you know, what are you in this for? If you're running a hustle, and when I say hustle, I don't mean ripping someone off. I just mean, look, I want to get in, I want to close deals, I want to do my service and then peace out. If you're looking to be around in five to 10 years, then it feels meaningful to, you know, we talked about the SEM Rush weekly webinar. They don't pay me. You know, I go on mm-hmm. podcasts a lot. I don't get paid for podcasts. It's all, of course, brand growth and vision stuff, but it's definitely the long-term view of it. And, and it's a compound return that you get from all of these little things put together. And people, I think, going into SEO have to take that long-term view. It's like, well, dude, if you want to run an SEO agency, I do hope that, you know, you want to stick around for at least five years because otherwise there's other things maybe that you could do that would uh, be perhaps easier to sell. PPC is a quicker sell. And it's you know a different ball game, but SEO you got to wait and watch to a degree. Yeah, yeah. And even if someone has an aversion to working on their brand and, and positioning themselves for the long term, and they just want to do outbound, I mean, all of that helps with outbound too, building that yeah. brand. Because what's the first thing someone does if they have some slight interest in what you're talking about in your email, your outreach? They're going to look you up online. They're going to look up your website and they're going to see who you are. They're going to Google your company name or your personal name. And if they don't see something that they like, then they're not going to respond. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. You know, the more that I've focused on those pieces, the, it's a really good point you raised because we've kind of all also almost, you know, segued a bit into branding. Branding will help outbound teams close way more like night and day. Once I started to get really intentional about being on podcast, doing this, doing that. For the guys that are making buying decisions, I found it so incredible. Some of these people go through like 15 different videos. Revolut are a good example. They're a bank that's a kind of challenger bank, they considered. They're trying to compete against like the HSBCs and the RBSs of the world in Europe. So they signed on to us as a client and they were inbound. What was really interesting was a guy had spent a good 45 minutes checking out various videos of myself. Several of them were to do with what we offer. Several of them were totally unrelated. And he had done all of that before we even contacted us. And the biggest thing I think that people don't always see is, I don't know what the right phrase for it, but it's almost failure by omission, meaning that you'll never know about the people that don't contact you. 
because they'll just never contact you. So you only judge it based upon the visibility of the metrics that you got. But as soon as you just start building brand, you'll see that you'll get ever widening, widening metrics because Morgan Williams might see Deepak Shukla, not really be too into SEO, but might check out the fact that, you know what, this guy seems really likable, he's full of energy, really know if I like SEO, but I like his style, I'm going to give him the time of day. And those things yeah. begin to happen when you build a brand. Because people, especially with SEO, like it's not, we're going to do this thing for you for a couple of weeks and then we're done or even a month. Like people have got to want to interact with you regularly because it takes a while. So I had dealt with this, learned this when I was selling managed security services at a cybersecurity company, right? Yeah. The managed service, like, so is SEO pretty much like they're going to have to be talking to you regularly. So like they want to like you if they're going to do business with you. Yeah. No, exactly. 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 It has nothing to do with building links. It has nothing to do with page rank or anything. It's just like sales. Yeah. Sales. Yeah. I can talk to you about this stuff for a very long time. I don't want to take up too much of your time, but I do want to talk about Pearl Lemon specifically. If we could go back to, you know, the company yeah. who you help yeah. the most, your ideal customer is, who would get the most value out of your service. Yeah. I'd love to hear about that. Absolutely. So we apply something called the Dragon Framework to our work, which is discovery, research, activation, game plan. And then I forget what the O is actually, ironically. And then N is the next steps. So the framework is something and the team get involved in this heavily which is why i forgot the o uh, and also because it's the guys that are selling that are going through the framework but the fundamental is that we work quite well with e-commerce businesses so we do well with stores that are on the shopify framework or magento and two things we do well with e-commerce businesses and i and we do well culturally with companies that are probably similar to myself so between the 27 to probably 40, 45 bracket in terms of age, where the people in the company are of that age and they've got kind of a bit of an entrepreneurial outlook. That seems to be the common flavor of the cultural fit. And then the business space is e-commerce. And, you know, we've been really fortunate with some of the companies that we work with where we've seen uplifts of going in organic actual sales from maybe, what was it, about $200,000 a month to no, from about $20,000 a month to about $180,000 a month over the course of a year for a company, over the course of two years for a company that scaled. That's an outlier. That result wasn't normal. But, you know, we've been really fortunate with the e-commerce guys to have seen pretty good growth across the businesses we work with. So I've got a preference for e-commerce businesses, but we work with anybody, if I'm being honest, Morgan. You know, we work B2B. We work in the insurance space. We work in the wholesalers to retailers, supply chain the airline space. So I'm pretty open to kind of working with anybody, but we seem to have picked up more e-commerce clients, especially in Shopify than anything else. Awesome. And can you kind of talk about, um, you know, as much as you're willing to share about how you help clients, like what exactly you do, you know, you don't yeah. have to give away your secret sauce, uh, but just the absolutely. types of things you go through. Absolutely. So there's a couple of things, I guess what I will offer people, I guess you want to know what are the quick tricks that I'd recommend. So the first thing is, of course, the page load. So I would get something like GT Metrics or Google PageSpeed Insights or potentially both, as well as Pingdom, grab all three of them, produce the reports, pay for the paid reports where you can. It's maybe a $50 one-off fee, collate them all, and then look for a combination of a technical guy 
to fix the technical problems, but combine that with someone who understands SEO and together they should work to get your page speed down, which will increase basically all of the returns you get if you're already generating traffic. It will convert the traffic you're currently getting better because people will tend to bounce less. You'll also get favorable rankings from Google because they'll see that your page loads, so therefore there's a good experience. The second thing that I'd say is when you're thinking about target keywords and target areas, if you're a national company but targeting at a local level, so let's just say you're a insurance firm and you insure development properties across the United States, then you would want to focus upon looking at building pages that relate to each of the states that you want to service. So whether that's the state of New York or whether it's the state of Los Angeles, and then, of course, within the state of New York, you've got New Jersey, you've got downtown New York, you've got all of these subsections. So building out actual pages for each of these specific areas so Google can clearly distinguish that you've got core distinctions that's the second thing to consider. And the final thing I'd say to consider is there's something called domain authority, which is, or domain ranking. They're both relatively interchangeable. Domain authority, domain ranking is something that you should watch. It's a meaningful metric. Yours will probably be, if you're listing, maybe between seven to 15, maybe a little bit higher. The higher that metric goes, the better returns you get from any of the work that you do. Basically, what that stands for is Google's understanding of what an authority in your space it is. So it's a little bit like being an inv- the difference between being an investment banker who works for Revolut, who you've never heard of maybe for a lot of people in the States, versus working for Goldman Sachs. Goldman Sachs will open doors for you. So think about your domain authority and domain reputation as that equivalent in the banking world and do the research as needed to improve your domain authority because then you'll get basically compounding returns from SEO. Gotcha. And what are some things you can do to increase domain authority? It's uh, Yeah, yeah. Guys, you know what? It's actually the fundamentals again. Build remarkable content, get people to link to your content. So I, for example, have written one piece about, I'm building an ultimate guide now to, you know, how to survive during a recession, such as the one that we're currently experiencing now because of the coronavirus, but specifically geared towards digital agencies. So I'm building like a five to 7,000 word piece. It's going to take me about one to two weeks But then once that's done, I'll spend another two months promoting that content. So think about that in terms of the way that you produce content. 20-80 rule. 20% of the time spent producing, 80% of the time doing outreaching. So do what you do being in B2B sales once you've got that remarkable piece of content. Awesome. Awesome. I love it, man. What's the best way for people to get in touch with you if you're interested in uh, speaking with you about something you mentioned today, interested in working with Cole Women? Guys, uh, Google my name, Deepak Shukla. Oh, I'm sure it will be in the notes somewhere. Morgan will give that to you. And then Google also the company name, Pearl, like a pearl necklace. And then second word, Lemon. You'll find the sites and there's plenty of ways to kind of hit me up. So just feel free to go to both those sites and you can get in touch with me. Awesome, man. Well, it's always great chatting with you. I definitely learned something today and looking forward to the- seeing the growth of you and Pearl Lemon. Thank you. Thank you, Morgan. Uh, I had fun and thank you for giving me the opportunity to talk about sales as opposed to about SEO. Normally yeah. it's uh, yeah, normally it's that. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely, man. Well, you have a good one. Cheers. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of the B2B Sales Tech Podcast. If you love what you heard, be sure to head back to morgandwilliams.com and go over to the podcast page for today's show notes and a ton of additional resources. But before you go, hit the subscribe button to avoid missing out on the next value-packed interview. Enjoy the rest of your week and make sure to take action.